0: Hey y'all, this is Lauren Akins and welcome to the Live in Love podcast. Each week I get to sit down with friends and family and talk about the different areas of our lives where we get to live in love. We've got some behind the scenes things we're going to get to share with you too,
1: things you may not know, even if you've already read my book, Live in Love. And I'm Annie F. Downs, and I'm so excited to be here with Lauren and to be with y'all and be part of this really special show. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a single episode. And remember, there's some before this one, so go back and listen to all those as well. Lauren's New York Times best-selling book, Live and Love, just released in the paperback edition, and you can get it right now, and you should. You can pick up the paperback copy of Live and Love at your favorite local bookstore or wherever you love to buy books. We're talking today about one of your favorite topics, how to live and love in motherhood. So who is joining us for this conversation? So
0: today we get to sit down with one of my very best friends, April Tomlin. We do so much life together. And I also get to sit down with our nanny. Her name is Mackenzie Wright. And we're going to get to talk about what it's like to live in love in motherhood. Hey y'all, before we get started, I wanted to talk to you about one of our amazing partners, Crew. I think it goes without saying, but the Bible really has changed our lives. And so much of what living in love looks like for me and my family is because of what we've learned from the Bible. But imagine just for a second that you couldn't get a Bible, that you couldn't just hop on Amazon and get one sent to your house or even afford one or take it a step further and imagine that you aren't even allowed to have one. Honestly, I think it's so easy sometimes to forget that there are so many people all over the world who simply can't just get a Bible. And that's why we are so thrilled to partner with Crew. So Crew is one of the largest evangelical organizations with over 25,000 missionaries in almost every country. And Crew is giving Bibles around the world to people in their own heart language and in turn sharing the hope of Jesus but here's where they need your help. For only $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21, as a thank you, Crew will provide meals to five hungry families through their humanitarian aid ministry, and you'll receive a copy of my new book, Live in Love. All you have to do is text LOVE to 71326 to help today. Imagine just how much this gift could change someone's life. So text LOVE to 71326. That's L-O-V-E to 71326 to help now. Or you can visit give.crew.org
1: slash love. Okay, Lauren, we're talking about motherhood. Yay! Um, You're great at that. Oh, thank you. Everyone loves your three girls. They already. are sweet.
0: Yeah. For the most part. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, who is in this conversation with us and why?
0: So... I asked one of my very best friends, April, to come. She is somebody who has gone through a lot of my life with me, although we really didn't get to be good friends until probably like five years ago.
1: Five years
0: ago. And. Um, but you were already
1: in
2: her life? Yeah, I was helping her with our house, and we realized that we lived around the corner
0: mm-hmm. from okay. each other.
2: And, and our husbands knew, knew of each other.
0: Yep. But now, like, we do so much life with them, and our girls, I love this, but Willa Gray is 11 months older than Everly, her Everly, and Everly is 10 months older than Ada James, and Ada James is nine months older than her Adelon, and then Linda. Oh, my gosh, they're just a stair
1: step. Yeah. Stair step.
0: So our girls are, like, perfectly in between each other, and... I don't have any nieces or nephews mm-hmm. yet. And so we always tell our girls that same. Everly and Adeline are their cousins <laughs> because I'm like, well, you don't have cousins yet, but Everly and Adeline are your cousins. 100%. So we get to do I, I just thought it would be really cool to have April come on because we share so much of the same heart and and being moms and like the struggles of being moms and the realistic side of being moms, but also like the joy and how much fun it is. And, and, but then getting to be friends, being moms is incredible. But I also brought Mackenzie mm-hmm. and she is our nanny. Mm-hmm. She is someone who I would not be able to be the mother that I am without Mackenzie mm-hmm. because Thomas Stratton and I both work now. We have three little girls and life is hectic. And we do have a lot of family around because people are like, well, don't you have like family everywhere? We do have family coming out of our ears, <laughs> but I want my family to, to be able to have my kids spend the night at their house on the weekends or go on a small trip with them Mm -hmm. or whatever and enjoy it instead of it being like mom you have to be here on Monday also Thursday and can you come back early Friday morning Mm -hmm. so Mackenzie has really allowed me to be able to enjoy my family time and allow me and Thomas Drett to go on dates and traveling Mm -hmm. (laughs) which can just throw you into a whole different mess of a fit she's just come in and like my extra set of hands with my children. And she's somebody who my kids so look up to her and her roommates. They call, they call McKinsey and her roommates, the sisters. <laughs> and so, so like sweet. they've spent the night with them a couple of times. And so Mackenzie just somebody who's able to, who, who we share just like April and I, our faith, we know exactly what it is yeah. and who it is built on. And so for me opening up my children to another woman, yeah, Is A, really vulnerable to be like, okay, I know I need help.
1: (laughs) You're gonna see everything because you're here. Yes.
0: And B, being able to trust that who they are with when they're not with me is somebody who is pointing them to Jesus, who is loving them well. And who's going to be honest with me about, like, hey, you know, Willa Gray kind of had an attitude yesterday. Mm -hmm. I feel like we need to work through this. Or I've told Ada James three times she has to finish this plate of food. And now I'm calling you in on this because, Mm -hmm. like, you weren't here today. But when you get home and sometimes that's that's how the day goes. It wasn't a good day, but we'll try again the next day. And then other days I come back and the girls have, like, they've gone out to Sonic and gotten a, a slushie and they're out playing at the park. And and so it's getting to do life with Mackenzie is also like such a blessing. And then is just allowing me to be the mother that I am with Mackenzie. And then with the friends that I have like brought alongside me to do motherhood
1: with and be real with. So I'm really excited to have y'all here. Mackenzie, I have a question for you. There's a lot of friends listening who aren't married yet, don't have kids yet, Mm -hmm. but they either are a nanny or have nephews and nieces or have families where they, help take care of the kids. Mm -hmm. What is it like uh, to be a mother without being a mother yet? Yeah. Um, Do you think you are? Do you think
3: you're mothering? I feel like it doesn't take to have kids, you know, for myself to love, to feel the love of a mother. Like, Mm. I feel like that I could love these kids. Like, they're my own, and I, like, get so emotional thinking about them. (laughs) But um, I think that... It takes a humble place to come and be like, hey, I want to be here to, like, love the best that I can for your kids. And, yeah, just come every day ready to serve her and love her and care for her the best that I can, Mm -hmm. if that answers your question.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. April. Yes. You have two girls. Yes. How is motherhood different than you thought it would be? (laughs) Well, number one, I'm already
2: crying just even, like... (laughs) So that's different. Yeah, we got this right here. She's always. I just was crying hearing Mac talk about it. So that's different. Um, So that's different. (laughs) So, you know, what's funny about me versus Lauren, I didn't know Lauren that well uh, before motherhood, but I know enough about her now. Choosing nursing, the family that she comes from, just knowing, like, her, you know, we're very much the same. We're very aligned when it comes to Jesus and how we follow Jesus. But we're very different in our personalities. Um, very. Very. I mean, extremely. And so you're so much kinder than me. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're kind in different ways. You know, we, we're we just kind in different ways. Well, yeah. before, I can just, I just know that Lauren, before motherhood, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm speaking for you, but like was everyone around her was like, "You're going to be an amazing mother. Like you're just that. Is you're just going to be." It's not that n- anybody would have said like, "You're not going to be an amazing mother." <laughs> to me, but even myself, like I didn't like a lot of other kids, like my mm. friends' kids. Like if yeah. I'm being like brutally honest, <laughs> like I would be at Los Paletas, like you know, in my twenties, and like there would be all these kids there. It's a popsicle
1: place here. It's in town. a pot. Yeah. yeah.
2: Las Platos is a popsicle place, and lots of kids go there, but I like popsicles, so I would go there. (laughs) Same, same. (laughs) (laughs) And there would be all these kids around, and thoughts that would go through my head, I'm not going to say them out loud because you might misinterpret who I am as a human being, but honestly, like, there were moments where I was like, maybe this is not
1: what I'm supposed to do.
2: Anyway, fast forward. A lot of
1: people feel what you're feeling. So that's really great to say that out loud. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, you know, and I, so I was nervous. I was like, I don't want to bring kids into the world and not be able to love them the way. And I, you know, I, I felt very called to design. And I felt like, how am I, you know, I'm not going to be a stay at home mom. Like, I can't afford it. And I, it's just not what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, anyways, fast forward to today. This is not a cocky statement. This is just a true statement. I am a better mom than I am a designer. And not not to say I'm an amazing designer, but just to say. I was about to say, say, you're an amazing designer. But just to say, like, I feel more confident being a mother than I do feel being a designer. Hmm. And so I tell people this when I hear them say, like, oh, I don't want kids. I'm like, you don't know that. Like, you don't know that. And just because you're not wired, like, your personality is not very, like, I don't have, like, a. Like, so I'm not very soft-spoken, and I'm, you know, just not like a typical soft-spoken kind of person or female. I'm pretty bold in my statements. Lauren will tell you this, and I just—this is how my voice sounds. Like, God gave me this exact voice, and it just sounds like this. And so— you know, that makes you question like, well, I'm not as sweet as other people and I'm not this and I'm not that. And today I feel more confident being a mom than I do really any role that I've been given. You know, I think that that has a lot to do with um, Jesus and me following him, especially lately. Um, Another thing that I would say is very different is if you are a Christian um, and you're an active follower of Jesus, you definitely will understand when I say like, talk about spiritual attacks. Um, Laura and I talk about it all the time in our group of women that we, we do life with in prayer. And um, when your kids are spiritually attacked, which mine have been, mm-hmm. um, and I, I had been previous to kids and I it didn't like shake me. But when my kids were, like I almost turned around and was just like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. Don't attack my
1: kids, you know? Mm-hmm. So it brings on this whole other dimension. What of- did it look like? Can you tell us what it looked like? It didn't mean like, is it nightmares? Is it... Bad stuff at school? Can you give us some high-level thoughts on that?
2: So spiritual warfare with kids is, is interesting, right? I believe that they're so much more innocent and can see things different than we can see things. And I'm not talking about ghosts and things like that. I'm not getting weird on the podcast. But I am saying that... At a certain point, it wasn't too long ago, I did feel a darkness over my Mm -hmm. home, and I I could just feel it. I just knew something was not right, and and I actually called Lauren, to be honest, and I was like, something's not right in my house. And my kids started saying things. Like, they started saying that they were seeing things, and I know kids say that, but I I personally felt it. I'm not going to get too much in detail, you know, because if you're not Christian, you probably won't want to become a Christian if I say it. (laughs) But um, anyways, it was the first time that I ever when I was spiritually attacked I could handle it I would go into prayer when my kids were it was more like Jesus what are you going to ask of me what are you going to ask mm-hmm. of my kids wow you know mm-hmm. and if I'm being very honest like there's a a book and a girl in in Nashville her name's Katie and she got a book called like Kisses with Katie and she's yeah, in okay. Africa raising all these kids and when I was single that was an amazing story that I read and then when I thought about my own kids I was like Am I okay with that? And so to be honest, today, it's still a very big struggle. And like, what is he going to call them to do and how am I going to be okay with that? Because Mm -hmm. if he calls them away, I'm honestly today not okay with that. And so I have to make some peace and develop a deeper trust in Jesus than I I did have to do when I was single, when it was just Mm -hmm. me and I only had to think about me. I was like, I'm yours, do whatever. And with my kids, I've had a harder time turning them over me wow. too. I mean I, I think I think any mom who
0: is serious about walking with Jesus, I mean that's that's where he's going to that's where the enemy's going to attack. Yes. as a mother. As a mother. If, if you if that is your favorite role in life is being a mother, which I know a lot of moms it is, 100% your marriage and your kids is where he's going to try to attack you and we have talked about this so much so many times. But I just had every time this like paralyzing fear comes over me that like one of my kids is going to be taken from me early. Like they're not, they're not going to live past a certain age or like I'm going to go on this trip and our plane's going to go down. I'm never going to be able to get to be with my kids again. Or like just the craziest thoughts. Yeah. Just will come into my mind. And I'm like, what in the first of all, first of all, that's not from God. I know that he is not telling me that. So In the name of Jesus, I'm silencing that voice. I will not allow the enemy to, like, whisper these lies to me. Secondly, I know that these kids are God's first and that he created them. And and he loves them even more than I can possibly love them, which I cannot even wrap my mind around. But I have to believe it because I know it to be true. Mm -hmm. And if I know that he loves them more than I love them, I have to trust that what he is going to call them to is good, ultimately. Mm -hmm. Mothering with open hands, handing them over to God, handing them over to a nanny while you go work, handing them over to your husband while you go out of town with your girlfriends because you really need it on a weekend, handing your kids over is extremely hard D- difficult. for yep. a mom. It is. and But it is something that as you hand them over, you watch them transform into the little person that God wants them to be. And thankfully... I can't believe I get to be their mother and get to be the one to watch them grow and become who he's called them to be. And it's so much fun. It is very hard, but it is so much fun. It is the most fun I've ever had in in a job because motherhood is a very, very hard job. But it is my most fulfilling job I've ever done. But at the same time, it's also where you don't get thanked very much from your kids so it's fulfilling in ways that if if you're pouring into the lord and allowing allowing the lord to pour into you that's where he comes in and says you're doing a great job you are a great mother and i see how you are loving these girls well and that's what is fulfilling is just knowing that i'm doing my purpose and i'm fulfilling my purpose and it's with three little beings that i couldn't love more but if you're not filling your time and letting him fill you up with his peace and with his truth and with with his I see you in the details and in the moments where you don't feel seen, then it's really easy to just feel not seen or nobody's going to say, hey, way to be a great mom today. You changed all those diapers. You made you made the sandwiches. You cleaned up this laundry. You let Ada James body slam you 12 times today. <laughs> and you got back up every time and didn't yell at her. You know, like, you just... It, it, it will wear you down. And so you, you've you got to have that that truth being poured into you as a mom. And I know we've talked about small group so much in this, but my small group is a huge part of that. I'm also like in a women's group with April, and that's a huge part of that. It is hard. But if you do it right, and if you're doing it right with the right person, aka Jesus, it is the most fulfilling job in the whole world.
1: April, when Lauren brings up a really great thing, moms don't get thanked very much. You get thanked on Mother's Day. Your friends thank you. But, like, the little people are not thanking you. Oh, no. And so no. so how is God showing you appreciation during the day? Do you ever see other things? Is there ever, like, and then a bunch of birds showed up? Or, and then someone <laughs> called me that came out of nowhere. Like, what are other ways that God shows you he's with you during the day of mothering?
2: No. Kids do not say... Thank you, mom. But they do say, I love you. Mm-hmm. And when they say it, they mean it different than really any other human being that says it to you. It feels different. It's such an innocent expression of how I feel Jesus honestly feels about us. Wow. It, the way that they say it is they're not, they don't expect you to do anything, they have no judgment that it's just this gracious, loving act when they, you know, my kids did it this morning. I mean, they literally just clung to me and were like, I love you, mom. I don't want you to leave. I don't want you to go to work. And I don't get thanked, but I do get loved more by them and my husband in a way that I, f- I feel Jesus in those, in those moments. And so, no, I do think that that's how you keep going. And um, also, you know, there is something to a responsible role, right? Like it kills me when people are like, if, you, if you've ever followed me or you, or you know anything about my company, like like the boss bitch movement kind of like sends me over the edge. Mm-hmm. I just like hate it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't make any sense, right? Mm-hmm. It's actually pointed very much towards like certain jobs. Yes. And those jobs usually aren't like doctors. Right. Um, but there is a, a reason why I don't like it. It completely discredits stay-at-home mothers. Mm. When I go to work— It is a lot easier than what Mac does at work. (laughs) My job... Is a lot easier than than my nanny's job, Katie, and Katie and Mac are friends, which is hilarious. But that's great. You know, it's much easier than Mac's job. So I get a I get a break in, in essence, and then stay at home moms do not get a break. Uh-huh. They've got to find all of this love in their heart to love all day long. <laughs> and then when I get home to express my love that I have not gotten to show all day, they have to keep doing that. And it kind of like rocks my world to think about. Honestly, it's such an wow. it's such an important role, and so the responsibility of having these kids watch you, whether you choose to work or whether you choose not to work. You know, even at my own job, nobody thanks me for being a good designer. You know, nobody thanks me. I just feel a responsibility. I feel a weight to do that, what I was called to do. Same thing with being a mom. There's a responsibility to that that I feel like should give moms like, Sadly enough, I've even heard husbands say to me, but you work. You know, my wife doesn't do much. And I could not correct somebody fast enough. I mean, you want to see my head like fully spin around. Uh-huh. What do you mean I do more than your wife? Your, your wife is literally sharing like her love and her emotions and her all day. I can get disconnect for a second. You know, mm-hmm. and then reconnect like they never disconnect. And so the responsibility and the weight to be on all the time because your kids are watching you. I find it hard to do when I get home, mm. set my phone down, be present, show them Jesus when I'm mad at my husband, yeah, <laughs> calm my voice down when I want to scream, you know, like mm-hmm. these things. I only have to do it, I do it on the weekends, and then I do it a few hours a day. As a stay at home mom, you have that responsibility and that weight all day long. And I think that women should take such pride in that, and they should tell their husbands um, to back up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Preach, sister. Seriously. That's so
0: good. Hey, I'm just going to take a second from our conversation with April and Mackenzie to share about one of our sponsors, Modern Fertility. So you've heard me talk a lot about mine and Thomas Drett's fertility journey, which is why I'm so excited to share about this incredible company. There's so much about fertility that's a complete mystery, and that's where the modern fertility hormone test comes in. So The traditional guidance with fertility has been just wait and see, but now we have tools to help us plan and track everything in our lives, wellness, finances, careers, school. So why is fertility still a wait and see? A simple finger prick can unlock tons of insight into your reproductive health, things like egg count, menopause timing, if your hormone levels indicate conditions like thyroid disorders or PCOS, all things that are really good to know. And knowledge is power. And when you know more, you can make better decisions for your body, your health, and your future. There aren't many decisions bigger than choosing to start a family, but for many women, their fertility is a big question mark. And that's why Modern Fertility was created. It's that easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. Traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000. But Modern Fertility gets you the same information at $159, a fraction of the price. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash live and love, you can get $20 off your test. You'll get insight into your hormone levels and other important fertility factors, and the results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. Right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash liveinlove. That means your test will cost $139 instead of the several hundred or even a thousand plus dollars it could cost at a doctor's office. So get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash live and love. That's modernfertility.com slash live and love.
1: Mac, she brings up a really great point yeah. that you experienced too is yeah. our phones, right? Yes. We've got our phones with us all the time. Yes. and. And it is hard to stay focused on, and you have to have both, right? I mean, yeah. it's not like, I turn my phone off from any time I'm with a child. That's <laughs> yeah. not real. Yeah. But how are you learning, as you're mothering, yeah. along with Lauren, how yeah. are you learning the balance of being focused and where a phone plays into all yeah.
3: this? Yeah. I mean, of course, I'm young and in my generation. It's like, if you don't have your phone, it's like this itch, you know, mm-hmm. that comes about. And thankfully, over the past couple years, I've separated myself from social media and separated myself from um, my phone. And it really does let me just kind of set that aside. And I feel like me and Lauren are notorious for losing our phones in the house. And (laughs) praise God for the Apple Watch. You know, you can ping that thing. But um, it just allows me to have so much more patience with the kids and so much more patience with myself and being present with them if I just put that aside and I don't have to worry about checking emails, checking when an Amazon order is going to be there, texting people back or whatever. And I feel like Lauren has grace for that. If I don't answer a text or call right away, thankfully she's knowing, okay, she's with my kids being present. So um, yeah, it's good to just be separate from that. And I feel like I can do my job better and serve them better. Um, whenever I don't have the pressure of having that itch needing to be by me.
1: Yeah, because, Lauren, a lot of times the Internet will give you the appreciation that you're not getting at home. Yeah. And being on your phone will give you a distraction when things feel really hard at home. How are you balancing that?
2: Lauren doesn't get on Instagram ever. That's the truth. I'm going to vouch for
1: that. She's she's
2: about to say it, and y'all are going to think she's lying, but she really doesn't.
1: Yeah. (laughs) She posts, and then she's gone. she's gone. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: I used to scroll. It was not a safe place for me. And I recognize that it took some time. But, I mean, I think when you've got, like, millions of voices giving their opinion. I mean, I guess I don't have millions of comments. But when you scroll through my comments, there are lots of people giving their opinion. Mm -hmm. And nine times out of ten, they're really sweet. And it does feel good to have somebody go, oh, my goodness, I love your family so much. Your kids are the cutest. Or I love your love with Thomas Ratt. Or Willa Gray is the most precious angel in the world. Or Linden's hair. I just love it. Or Ada James is the funniest personality. <laughs> because I love to like hear those affirmations about my family and my life. Because it feels good yeah. to have somebody tell you the things about yourself that you wish people would notice. But what I realized is as I was scrolling and watching and listening to the people speak into my life and make me feel better about myself, I realized, first of all, I put a lot of weight into what people were saying. And so then when a negative comment would come up Mm. and a very hurtful comment would open up or pop up on the screen or whatever, or like somebody would get into an argument on a thread and it was just back and forth. And I'm like, what are they arguing about? A lot of times it is targeted at me not being a good mom. Usually. And for someone to look at me and say, you're not a good mom, that might be the most hurtful thing anyone could ever say to me. And so when I realized how much weight I was putting into these comments and what people were saying or articles or whatever it may be, I realized that I was not allowing the true voices in my life that I respect and value, that know my heart, that know my character. I wasn't letting those voices have all the weight and God's voice have all the weight. I was allowing people who don't even know me to A, make me feel better or B, cut me down. And then going back to the comments that made me feel good about myself, I realized I was chasing this need of like, I need someone to fill me up and tell me how good I am. But a lot of times they're coming from the world. So for me, it was not in a way that was like, you're doing a great job. Like the Lord has created you to do an amazing job. Keep uh-huh. working towards him. It was more like, you're doing this. You're incredible. Your kids are beautiful. Your relationship is wow. marriage goals. Your Everything is like what the world would want you to hear. And so it started building this ego in me to where I was like, I am a great mom. I do have the <laughs> cutest kids. My marriage is the best. I am able to do all this stuff. I started like loving myself but not in like a joyful way that like I'm so thankful like God made me this way more like look at what I've done and it it was dangerous for me on two levels because I started becoming kind of my own God of my life And thinking that I was doing all this on my own. So that when things Mm -hmm. failed, I was very Mm -hmm. Mm self-critical. I was very hateful to the people around me, especially my husband. I was not asking God and consulting him on major decisions in my life. I wasn't letting him pour into me. It shifted the way that I was. I talked about in an earlier episode where Suzanne uh, Marnick called me out and was like, I can see your light dimming. Like You are giving yourself over the world and I can see it and it was kind of in that moment where like almost like the height of our relationship and like me becoming famous along with Thomas Drett and his career skyrocketing and that's where that temptation comes in to be like look at us look what we've done and just forget about like (laughs) how to be humble or how to be grateful or how to like celebrate the wins in your life but then also realize that To whom much is given, much responsibility Mm -hmm. is required. And you, yeah, you may be given all these things, but it's not for you to go boast about it. It's for you to go change the world with it. Like, Mm -hmm. what are you going to do with the things that he's given you? What are you going to do with the kids that he's given you? What are you going to do with the success, the money, the voice, the whatever it may be? All of those things can so easily just in just just a little turn of the dial can go a very different way. And to me, social media was a big part of that. Allowing those voices to plant things in my head, which seemingly were coming from a good place. But deep down, I realized it was not a safe place. It was not, they were not safe voices to listen to. And so, yeah, I'm not on social media as much anymore.
1: And April, you really operate in the two places that moms compare themselves the most, being a mother and decorating homes. Yeah. I mean, literally, that's where when I hear my mom friends talking, those are the two things that scroll in. And even conversation where you compare the most, how do you not, how do you get out of that game so that you mother really well for your kids? Are you talking about
2: social media or just the materialism of design?
1: Yes to both. You just go to both.
2: (laughs) Well, social media. So I'm turning 40 this year, which. Woohoo. Yes. Happy birthday. Crazy. Yeah. So when I was in college, uh, you know, there was, there was no social media and so it, it's not ingrained into me. And to the depth that it is younger people, I have not truly struggled with it in a big way, to be honest. Um, As a matter of fact, I have an entire team of people begging me to post and I just simply forget. And I, I don't say that to put any credit towards myself. I just wasn't around. Like I just it wasn't embedded in me. Thank you, Jesus. I have a, a totally different word for my girls. I mean, they know how to operate stuff more. Shit, they're foreign, too. They know how to operate iPads. I mean, like, they're literally, can you pay for this app? I'm like, can you pay for this app? I don't even know how to do that. Like, do I don't even, you know, literally, I'm not, that happened this morning. And so we're just, you know, it. it so it, I did not struggle with it in a way that uh, I see other people struggling with it. However, Satan can use almost anything, even things that are not struggles for you to become struggles for you. And recently, I mean, I had to call Lauren. There was such a hateful thing put on my page oh, wow. because I'm Republican. And I don't even say that I'm Republican. They just figured it out, and which is wild and crazy and stupid. There's no more dumb thing than to judge someone off their political views and, and to harass them because I, I can't even wrap my mind around it. It makes me so so mad. Well, someone came on to my thing and um, they were, I've never seen this level of hate ever in real life. I'm like talking about getting Lauren's security people involved and like I was very scared. That to me, instantly I took my kids off my page, not entirely, like I still share them and their lives um, in a way that I'm proud of them, you know, I want people to know. That follow me and choose to follow along because I appreciate, I mean, I really do appreciate it's changed my world, people following along on social media and caring about our designs and our work and listening to me talk about Jesus and talk about my faith and not, you know, throwing a bunch of hate my way. I really appreciate it. And um, the book that Lauren and I have been reading recently, like I started posting about that and so many people bought the book and they're reading it and I hope, you know, it does for them what it did for me because it totally changed my prayer life. So there's this huge response. For social media
1: and is it talking to God? Is it John Eldridge's? Walking, walking
2: with God. Walking with God. We've Sorry. moved
1: on to moving with mountains, but walking yes. with God is very good. We ju- we we've talked about that. But yep. Yes. yes.
2: With God. And so anyway, lots of people, uh, tons of people bought the book and they were reading it. They've been t- t- uh, DMing me about it. These are people I don't know. I think it's crazy cool. I think that's a really cool yeah. thing to experience and and I think it's a great platform. And because I don't struggle with it, I can participate in those things. But I did take the girls off uh, in a big, huge way and created a private page that has like 200 followers or yeah. something like that and yeah. that's just where I share their life because I'm so proud but I also share their life a little bit on my page so I've had to take action about social media in just a protective type of way because it, it, it's not like I was angry like I was actually like kind of terrified I was like the world has is really full of hate right now like how far are people willing to go you mm-hmm. know and I and the answer to that question quite frankly scares me mm-hmm. you know because I do know how far Satan's willing to go mm-hmm. and those people, are choosing darkness yeah. mm-hmm. and when you're choosing darkness it, it it should scare you a little bit and uh, it did me so took the girls off put them somewhere else and to keep them safe and so that's just a, a personal choice that I've made as far as design and materialism of design look I love design I love the creativeness and the artisticness of God I, I see it you know when you look when I see the sunsets and the things that I've seen traveling and even in my own backyard in a very spec neighborhood that has like houses around it and you look up and you see that you're like, he was a designer. I mean, he was an artist. He was a designer. I've chosen uh, a portion of him. And, uh, and then my, my background comes, it's, it's extremely poor. And I don't say that uh, in like a, I, I mean it, it's like it true. was like real, yes. like, we don't have anything. Yeah. And so, you know, my mom found me at eight years old, like painting my painting the walls. Me and my brother, like while she was gone and working, and it just kind of led up to this huge insecurity of me not having friends over. I didn't want my friends over. Uh, designing Lauren's house alongside of Lauren was super fascinating for me. I don't even think we've ever talked about this. Mm-mm. Super fascinating. We talk, we talk so much about other things. I don't think we ever got around to it. But when she talked about her house. I've never ever had a 20-year-old, she was in her 20s at the time, I think, say to me, "I, I just want my house, A, to serve the Lord and mean it. Like she really meant it. And then B to be like my grandmother's house because I felt safe there. And I and I'm like, oh my God, please don't put these Bible verses on your walls. Please, God, <laughs> you know what I mean? Lord Jesus, get out of Knoxville. <laughs> and so And so, you know, we had these these funny moments where as a designer, I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, people are gonna judge me for what, you know, she's doing to her walls. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But where that came from for me, and I think there's actually a—it's going to probably be in a magazine that's going to be talked about—is because it's rare for someone to ask that. The safety that she must have felt in her childhood was so tangible to her that she wanted to recreate that for her children. And she goes back there to feel safe. It's she feels Jesus there. You know, I my mom is amazing, and she will give us all a high five on the way into heaven. She's been dealt some bad mm-hmm. cards, so this is not any reflection on her. This is actually how Christians do do live. They're handed these, you know, their lives don't look pretty, and yeah. she's one of those who has maintained her relationship with Jesus with nothing, mm-hmm. absolutely nothing, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, that that is. You know, where I come from, which I I appreciate more than any tangible thing, Uh but I will say that uh, I was always embarrassed to have kids over. I was always uh, trying to hang weird things on the walls and just it came with this insecurity. It also came with like a deep passion for creating that for other people. So. What people don't know is I pray in their homes, like for them wow. when I'm there, I try to consecrate the home where we're actually I mean, you're
1: mothering the homes as you're doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's wild, and so I April. have
2: like a deep passion for people's houses and I will do things that I don't like because I know that that makes them happy then on the flip side I'm an artist and I and I do find the value in other people's art yeah. so when an artist is creating an amazing piece of art like I want to pay them for that art it's not a materialistic like oh I have such and such as things like I find these local artists that are yeah. young and they have to make a living and that living costs money and so I try to bring in like these artists the, the, the furniture creators I find such value in those things It's not materialistic. People are creating those things with their hands. I get to watch it, Mm -hmm. which is so cool. Like, I can't make a sofa. I can't make a curtain. I can't make (laughs) a piece of art. I can't make any of those things. But I can bring collectively that into someone's home and share all this love of these artists in someone's home. And if you can afford it, you know, you should do that for yourself you know what I mean that's my personal belief as long as your first earnings and whatever God has called you to give you are giving that first mm-hmm. and then I think it's I think it's okay I think it creates safety for a kid you know I, I'm here to talk about how we live in love and how I live alongside of Lauren and love and you know she has a big house so no you know if you watch your Instagram or watch anybody's Instagram it's a big house it's a beautiful house It's not a cheap house, that's for sure. What I have seen occur in that house is there are no limits. When our power went out, we went and stayed with them. My whole family went and stayed at their house. No questions asked. Come stay. It is a fortress. It's a haven for so many people, for her entire family. I never go over there. (laughs) Your entire family.
1: (laughs) I never go over there.
2: You know, um, what brought me to Jesus, even her recently as I walked away, is what I was sitting in her living room. And we had a prayer night and we were all, uh, we call it the throne room, but we were all in the physical throne room with Jesus. I was broken very, very much so. And um, it was in her house. So, you know, it's really it's really cool to talk about people's homes in a way that's not materialistic, but does require money. You know, and then on Instagram, I do try to give people access to things that are, yeah. you know, affordable that they can do. Because, look, there's a ton of affordable things that you can do to create a safe space for your children and yes. your life. And your, you know, Target is, Walmart even has good things. I mean, it's just putting the thought and the love into it mm-hmm. and making it feel like home yeah. um, or calling on a friend to help you do it if you're not, you know, not gifted in that area. You don't have to hire a designer. So yeah. that is how I deal with those two areas of life. That's good, April. Hey, just going to take
0: a second from our conversation to tell you about another one of our sponsors, Function of Beauty. So if you don't love your hair, then you need to leave your current hair products back in 2020 and try Function of Beauty instead. Hair care has never been one size fits all. And that's why Function of Beauty is the world leader in customizable beauty, offering precise formulations for your hair specific needs. And they come in the cutest packaging. There are over 54 trillion possible formulas that there's only one function of you. So here's how to get started. First, just take a quick thorough quiz and tell them a little bit about your hair type, like whether it's straight or wavy, curly or coily, and any hair goals you may have, such as you want to lengthen or volumize or maybe oil control. And because your hair changes with the season, you can change your hair goals before every shipment. Sometimes my hair needs a little extra TLC in the summer with all the time me and my girls spin in the sun and Function of Beauty gives me plenty of options to choose from for my specific hair needs. Next, choose your color and fragrance, or you can go fragrance and dye free. Plus, subscribers get access to more exclusive colors and scents. Then Function's team determines the perfect blend of ingredients, bottles your formula, and delivers it to you along with fun seasonal stickers and all the instructions you need. There are over 54 trillion possible formulations, and Function of Beauty has over 50,000 five-star reviews. Every ingredient Function of Beauty uses is vegan and cruelty-free, and they never use sulfates or parabens, so you can trust what you're putting in your hair and on your scalp. And you can also go completely silicone-free. And Function of Beauty offers completely personalized formulas for body and skin care as well, so you can customize your beauty routine from hair to toe. Stop waiting to achieve your hair goals. It really could be as simple as just switching your products and getting your hair the healthiest it's ever been. Never buy off the shelf just to be disappointed ever again. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash liveandlove to take your quiz and save 20% on your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. So go to functionofbeauty.com slash liveandlove to let them know you heard about it from our show and get 20% off your order.
1: That's functionofbeauty.com slash live and love. Okay, so Lauren, when I'm here in April, I'm thinking about all of our friends with lots of different budgets who are all building a home for their family, Mm -hmm. for their kids. Why does your kids' experience in the home matter? How have you seen that? Like, not only people coming over, but the couches they're sitting on. and Like, how does that affect your mothering? So when I told April
0: that I wanted her to build a house, her in Austin, to build a house that feels like my grandmother's homes, both of my grandmothers, and even Thomas Rhett's grandmothers, all four of them oh, wow. are huge parts of our life, and when I look back on my life as a kid, that's where my kids are now, and I, I so often look at my children and think, like, I put myself back in my mom's shoes, like, when we were that age, yeah. and go, like, how would my mom do this how would my mom how how would I feel in this situation as a kid and how would my mom respond to things because my mom is there is no one like my mom I hope to be at the end of motherhood at the end of my life I hope I am half the mom that my mom was to me my brother Mm -hmm. and sister but when I think back over my childhood I do think of my grandparents homes and the love that I was raised in In my childhood, when my childhood and I go back there, I go back to my neighborhood. I go back to my parents' house. And when I think of those memories, there's so much joy and love. We did not have a big house growing up. My parents still lived there. (laughs) And it was not big. But it, like April was saying, they did not have money to splurge and hire a designer. But the love that my mom poured into that home made me... Who I am, the experiences we had in that home, and the couches were full to the point where we would start making places on the floor <laughs> because our house wasn't big. But my house was the house that everybody wanted to come to because mm-hmm. that's where everyone experienced love and peace and joy like, such joy. And when I think back over when I was the age that my kids are, I see myself back in my house, in my wow. front yard, on my couches, with my mom, in Kitty Kate's kitchen, in my grandparents' kitchen, um, playing with my Mimi, playing with granddaddy. Um, and then I also like remember the tragic moments, like Kitty Kate passed away this year, and I, I found my grandfather right after he had died. And, and when, Hunter, when Hunter died, I can see myself at his home, at the Thompson's home, right across the street from my parents. I can, see, I can see myself in my front yard talking to God, asking him why he took him so early. Like, through all the heartbreak of my life, that feels unbearable sometimes. I always go back to my home and the homes I was raised in. And that was my parents' home and Kitty Kate's home and Mimi and Granddaddy's home. And, and then now that I'm married, also being raised in Mammy's home and Mamaw and papa's home on Thomas Rett's side of the family and watching my kids being raised in Paige's home, my mother-in-law. And like there are going to be moments in my life that and in my children's life that are so hard for them to walk through. But what I want for them is that safe place to come back to or when their friends are walking through a hard moment, a safe place for their friends to come into. And and I want their memories to be full of, even through the hard times, they had that place of peace and love and joy, even when there was a lot of sadness. And it is a safety net. Just what April was saying. saying, like, it is such safety for me that I feel and I know my kids feel in our home that April helped come to life. And it is a place where our friends feel safe. And a lot of Jesus's name is made greater in our home. And I, that is my most proud thing that I, that is my most proud part of my house is that I'm giving that home over to Jesus for what he wants to use it for. But as far as my kids go, I'm watching them being raised in a loving home in a happy home in a home that deals with issues in a home that doesn't hide things and, and hardships in and, and Paige's home where, you know, I, I watch her love my kids well and they have a safe place in her home. They have a safe place in my mom's home. The home that you build, no matter how small it is, is so important to me. But I knew that I wanted to fill my home with as many kids as Thomas Red and God will allow me to have. <laughs> and also with their friends. Yeah. And And I hope that they come over for their Groups when their kids are in high school and doing like small groups or or having worship night or want to do a ball game in the backyard or watch a movie or just sleepovers and do homework and that's what my kids go
2: to the same school so I've got to like compete with that to get them to come to my house every <laughs> once in a while <laughs> or they're gonna have to build me a side house that's right to live at their house because my kids <laughs> are always gonna want to be and currently today they always go. I want to go play in Willow Gray and Ada's playroom. It's so special to them. It's Aww. such a, such a loved-in, like, little space. It's so yeah. fun for little kids, and it was my favorite room. But that my kids even say, I want to go play, you know. They yep. want to play with the kids, but they also want to play, you know, on the bunk beds and in yeah. the little houses. It's just so yeah.
1: fun. It's so fun. Mackenzie, what are your favorite things about each of the girls?
3: Oh, gosh. <laughs> There's so many. I'll start with Lennon. She is the one that I've had, like, from the beginning. You know, I, yeah. She started when Ada James was how old? 15 months. Oh, wow.
1: Ooh, ooh, that was a tough age. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Glad you came in when you (laughs) did. Ada James. (laughs) Trial by
0: fire.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. Lennon, I feel like she, you say this a lot, she's very bashful. Just, she kind of looks at you whenever she's about to do something, um, very cautious, but also she is just full force. Um, she'll kind of just like check to see if, you know, okay, I know I can go down this stair, but are are you going to give me the affirmation that I can, um, just such adventure. Um, and then Ada James, me and her have a really good connection. I feel it's a lot of like tough love that I give her Mm -hmm. because even though she's not my kid, I see a lot of how I was as a kid and her. Um, And so I feel like it's a lot of tough love, but my goodness, does it make me feel like a million bucks when I walk in the door and she's like, Mackie! (laughs) And just like, comes (laughs) running to me. Um, So even in the hard times, I feel like she is just willing to snuggle up with me and kind of be the more physically affectionate one. Um, And then always ready just, again, adventure, which of course comes from Lauren. All her kids have that. But um, and then Willa Gray, she is so observant and like so self aware. E- at a, as a five year old, I mean, last night we were, she was in the bathtub and what she remembered um, a yeah. dress you had on or something. Yes, She's, you wore that to. Ch- oh, she said, "Mommy, you wore that to church one time," and we haven't been to church in a year gosh, and right. a half.
0: Over a year, yeah, yeah.
3: And so she's so observant and and just so aware. She was helping us bathe Linen and she washed
0: Linen's hair for the first Linen's time. Washed Linen's hair for oh, the
3: first time oh. last night. Yeah. Um and I just feel like she's become such a helper and just is so eager to learn about Jesus. I mean, mm-hmm. so eager to learn. And truly I see her like every night wanting to know, okay, Easter's coming up, but what is Easter? Like Asking about, like, okay, Jesus died on the cross. Well, why did he have to die that way? Or Mm -hmm. just so many curious things as a a five-and-a-half-year-old that I'm like, holy cow, you're smart, and you are just going to change the world. Um, (laughs) (laughs) They all are, but gosh, she's, yeah, there's so many things. But I would say for all three of them, adventure is just in their bones, and it is just so cool to, like, be alongside of that. And help them, you know, experience that adventure, so.
1: You're such a gift. Such a gift. Thank
3: you.
0: I would be dead without Mackenzie.
1: (laughs) I'm not kidding. I'd be dead
0: without Katie, for sure. (laughs) be dead without Mackenzie. I'd be dead without Mo. I'd be dead without LBS. Well, I don't
3: know. I just, I feel like I try to, I said this earlier, but I try to just, like, finish the day, and when my head hits the pillow, it's like, have I loved, have I cared, and have I supported Lauren Thomas Ratt today? Not. Have I taught the kids algebra by six years old? Am I having them be bilingual? You know, maybe not things that I'm, like, bringing to the table. But um, I feel like in the busyness and the amazing chaos that y'all have, if I'm here to, like, love, support, and care, then I am, like, doing my job as your friend and as your nanny. So. I'm
0: so thankful you're my friend and our nanny. It never fails. When we go have a date night downstairs, we'll come upstairs and the house is spotless. Shut and up. the kids are like all tucked in. She's made a grocery list for the next day. Uh, and then we walk into our room. The bed's like, you know, there might be a little bit of popcorn kernels girdles. left over where the girls have just had popcorn and marshmallows. And they're always lights are just barely dimmed and candles are lit yes. next to our bed and Thomas Tritt is Constance like I love when Mackenzie puts the kids down <laughs> he's like she knows what's up <laughs> okay so at the end of every episode mm-hmm. we're asking the same question and I have consistently failed to prepare anyone
2: <laughs> for this question Shark.
0: at the end of episodes whoops but here it goes um, April I'm gonna ask you first okay how do you live in love in motherhood? What does that mean to you? Or or when you hear that, what does that say to your heart? Or
2: how do you choose to live that way? Man, so, you know, in the past, let's say four months, and you know this about me, everything, truthfully, in my life, it, it really does come back to Jesus. And it's just, there's no more simple way of saying it. So for me, um, I cannot say that I am living And love and just turning them over to Jesus so that he can take control and like use me and them the way that he wants. But I will say today I'm trying to develop an intimacy with him that allows me to love them and love him in the way that they were created to be. With that said, if that means they become missionaries, that is what I I can't say that in motherhood, I'm living in love the way that I want to be, because if I see it in through the lens of Jesus, I know that he wants me to fully turn them over. Mm -hmm. And so I love them. I do. But I've got to become unconvinced that my love for them trumps his love. Mm -hmm. And I've got to you know kind of rebuke satan with the fear that i have in my heart to travel and enjoy my own personal life and if if he wants them to move to africa and adopt 17 kids like these things that is where i am currently um and that is if i'm looking through the eyes of jesus i have not fully done that yet so i'm a work in progress i guess that it means so, so
1: much to so many of us listening yep yeah to hear that we're all on that journey so amen thank you that's a gift mm-hmm. yeah. Mackie, how do you live in love in nannyhood? Nannyhood. I feel like if I
3: could describe it in one word, it would be service. I feel like I see a lot of service in your life. Um, if that's like the way you open up your home or in community or in your marriage or you being a mom. For me, I feel like the best way I can do that is just serving you and your family and letting you do what you and Thomas Jett do best and continue to share Jesus and continue just to change the world Um, one relationship at a time Um, and then serving your kids by just helping them just flourish into their personalities and be who they are and just slowly every day show them Jesus and how you know if Ada James is saying that she's scared or Willa Gray is being shy or Lennon's learning to express herself through screaming or whatever, <laughs> um, serving them in ways of like giving them just tools and resources to grow and be more like Jesus and just, you know, make things hopefully a little easier for you every day.
0: <laughs> oh, it's so much easier.
1: Lauren, Thank what you. does it look like for you to live in love in motherhood?
0: Not listen to the world. I think is my biggest thing in motherhood is to just, to, I know what's best for my kids. I do because I know I'm leaning on Jesus. And if he's telling me this is right to not listen to what the world may tell me to do or to keep going down this road because this is going to be success or whatever the lie I feel like the world can tell may be is just not listening to the world and just trusting, like April said, just continuing to trust my kids with open hands With Jesus and with Mackenzie and our moms and whoever my kids are with, just trusting that the Lord has their little life. And if I can continue to give them over to him each day, then I can love them patiently through the tantrums and (laughs) I can I can encourage them and, and hopefully also show them how important Jesus is in my life. And in their friend's life with Everly and Adeline and in their nanny's life and as long as they grow up knowing that that's the best thing I can do to love my kids is to show them Jesus so it is every day is a work in progress for a mom but if you're doing it the right way with the right person and the right people around you it can be the most rewarding but the hardest but the most rewarding job in the world. Thank y'all so much for listening. I love getting to share these conversations with you. If you love this episode, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends. And just a reminder, you can pick up your copy of the paperback edition of Live in Love that's available now. And I hope you'll join us for our next episode of the Live in Love podcast, where we'll be talking about what it means to live in love today. Hey y'all, don't forget to partner with our friends at Crew. For only $21 a month, you can provide three people with Bibles each and every month. When you sign up to provide three Bibles with a monthly gift of $21, as a thank you, Crew will provide meals to five hungry families through their humanitarian aid ministry. And you'll receive a copy of my new book, Live in Love. Simply text love to 71326 to help today. Imagine just how much this gift could change someone's life. So text love to 71326, that's L-O-V-E, to 71326 to help now. Or you can visit give.crew.org love.